The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Hey, good evening, everybody. It's the fellas here from Notebook Wagering. Tonight we have uh, Smitty, myself, if you follow Matt, and J-Cam. But the most important thing is we have special guest, Tim Murray from the Beeson Network. Tim, what's going on? I know you just got a brand new uh, co-host and Sean King. We're going to do a little cover tonight of the ACC. So we're going to get your takes. Maybe give us a couple hot picks predictions maybe a little heisman winner you can you can just uh basically run with this and then we'll fire off a couple questions good having you thank you again for coming on yeah always a pleasure guys and uh yeah having uh having sean king is uh always uh always enjoyable to have a former uh super bowl winner on set i i was a big fan and i'm actually glad he's doing the show with you i still listen i get to listen to you guys a little bit when i'm at the gym when i'm late night Typically, I don't get to tune in as much as that's more of my dinner time. So let's jump into a little ACC Coastal. Maybe you can help us out. So we're looking over this, and we know Clemson's the, the top of the heap here in the ACC. But do you have a best bet maybe in the Coastal Division of who you think is going to push Clemson this year? Yeah, it's it really comes down to two teams, right, guys? I mean, it's either UNC or Miami. Uh, De'Ara King uh, is he a hundred percent? Um, Manny Diaz is just a coach that I fully haven't, uh, bought into just yet, but they, you know, they've been recruiting at a high level. Uh, that October 16th showdown is going to be to, in my opinion, uh, whoever wins that game is heading to the ACC championship. Uh, I did see UNC at, uh, bet MGM was, you know, sitting at an over under of nine and a half, which I thought was uh, a little low. Most spots you're looking at at 10. Uh, so I thought there might be something there. You know, you look at their schedule, it's, it's pretty manageable. NC State to close out the year, that could be the sweat uh, if they had lost to Notre Dame and Miami. And, you know, if they lose both of those games, you kind of wonder, okay, what are they playing for? Um, but, you know, I, I, I've been talking about it quite a bit, guys, about the loss of Javante Williams. Michael Carter, uh, Deami Brown, uh, but you know what they've done so far uh, in in reloading has been really impressive there at UNC. And at the end of the day, uh, they've got one of the top quarterbacks in the country. It's it's kind of a unique year, right, guys, when it comes to quarterback play because uh, outside of Spencer Rattler, uh, among the the big boys. Uh, so to speak, there's not really a, a surefire quarterback. DJ Uangalele could be that guy, but he's only started a couple games. Uh, Bryce Young could be that guy, but he's never started a game. Um, you know, JT Daniels, I, I am high on, but Georgia's got some injury concerns. So, you know, you look at Sam Howell, you look at Brock Purdy, those are the kind of the names, the big names, in addition to Spencer Rattler. So, uh, De'Ara King, uh, you know, has really been uh, impressive um, you know, but my, my concerns are how healthy is he? Is he going to be ready to go? And, you know, last year, uh, you know, UNC was 
uh, was, was able to just really put it on Miami. A lot of that had to do with dynamic running back play. So can that continue? But uh, Ty Chandler is going to be a huge addition uh, to, uh, to UNC. So I think at the end of the day, uh, I would have to go with UNC to win the Coastal. Um, I think they're maybe a little bit overvalued being a preseason top 10 team. I think the buzz may be a little bit too high on the Tar Heels. Um, but I, I think they're going to put on a show, guys, that Friday down in Blacksburg because I'm down on Virginia Tech. I'm not – I just – I don't expect much from the Hokies this year. Uh, I think they're kind of in a – I wouldn't say tailspin full on, but they've got some issues uh, with Justin Fuente and company. So um, I, I would uh, I would have to lean towards UNC winning this coastal division. No, that's, great. that's great information there. I, I agree with you with Virginia Tech. I mean, looking at my notes, I'm worried about, like you said, the depth. I, don't, I just think they're they don't they don't have a very deep team. And being living here in the state. I mean, that's big football down in that area. And if they don't pick it up, that guy's going to be gone here very, very fast. Yeah, there's no doubt. And it's funny when you think about, you know, when he stepped in for Frank Beamer, um, I applauded it. I thought they, the process was done very well. You know, he comes from Memphis, has immediate success. I'm like, wow, they picked a winner. They're going to have their next coach for however many years. And now you think about there's the likelihood of him, you know, being axed potentially, uh, as you mentioned, after this year. So uh, very curious to see the Virginia Tech season. They've got an opportunity. I mean, they got Notre Dame uh, on October 9th after Notre Dame plays Wisconsin. Um, or Sorry, after Notre Dame plays Cincinnati and Wisconsin in back-to-back weeks. So uh, you would think that's a great spot for them down in Blacksburg. It's almost assuredly going to be a night game since it's on the ACC network. So uh, they'll try to emphasize that as much as possible. But I, I have a sneaky suspicion uh, that UNC could really put it on them in that first uh, on that Friday night down there in Blacksburg, but we will see. Um, but you know, NC state, I think for both UNC and uh, Miami is kind of a tricky one. And uh, Miami plays NC state after UNC and it, let's say Miami wins that game. I think that could be a really challenging spot uh, for Miami after they play UNC win or lose. Um, so I think that could be, you know, in college football, I think more so than, the NFL, you look ahead, you'll have that look ahead spot the week prior or the, the letdown spot. You know, Miami's got a bye week heading into UNC and then they play NC State. That could be a, that could be a really challenging spot. Uh, Kenny White, who we have on the program quite a bit uh, and is a frequent on VEASAN, uh, is very high on the Wolfpack this year. Tim, uh, I'm going to jump into here real quick. So out of the gate, the Hurricanes start off with Bama. I believe the line was 17. I'm not sure if it moved or not. Do you actually think Miami can cover that line early this week one? So it, uh, here in, in town at the South Point, uh, this game opened under two touchdowns. And this was late May. And I, I tried to get in, but... Uh, the guys that uh, do this for a living gobbled that number up. And when I got to the counter about 30 minutes after it was posted, it was already up to 16 and it's just a, been a steady steam. Do I think they could cover? Sure. Do I think it'll be a competitive game? No. Uh, I think there's a possibility for a backdoor at this point. I'm staying away. I think the number's too high. I think the number's probably right. I think 17 is probably the correct number. Um, so it's not a play one way or the other for me, which I know is never the, uh, the sexiest take on, uh, on gambling, uh, 
podcasts, but uh, if it was under two touchdowns, I was I was ready to fire uh, quite a bit on uh, on Alabama because they just come out. They're always prepared. Uh, if you look back to some of those neutral site week one games, I mean, they've hammered teams. I think the only team uh, that, that that covered was like West Virginia lost by 10. Um, but you look at teams like uh, Duke most recently, uh, 2019, they won by, I think Alabama off the top of my head, won by like 39. Uh, they just absolutely hammered USC one year. Uh, they crushed Florida State, which ended up being a down year for FSU, but beat FSU in like a one versus three matchup. So I just think uh, there's just so much talent on that Alabama roster. I know they lost Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, Mac Jones, uh, Patrick Sertan. I mean, the list goes on and on, but uh, I don't know if Miami's ready uh, for that type of, of type of spot, especially in Atlanta when you know it's going to be almost all Alabama fans. Jays, you got anything in the ACC to ask them? Because I want to jump to another uh, conference, but I want to. No, go ahead, Sonny. Okay, so Tim, the other night on the show, you were you guys were talking the Pac-12, and I mean, you kind of went back and forth a couple times on DM there, and was talking about mm-hmm. uh, the Pac-12, and we were talking. We just did a show, and we were us three um, were very high on Utah, and we kind of talked about that. We were also, like I said, we were extremely high on Washington too. Can you just kind of give our viewers uh, your kind of mindset on the Pac-12? Yeah, I think the Pac-12, as the odds indicate, is wide open. And for me, it was it was mainly a play on the number uh, because I think there's a handful of team guys that can win this conference. I think Washington can win it. I think Oregon can win it. I think USC can win it. I think Utah can win it. And I think Arizona State can, but I'm now with everything going on with their coaching staff, I, I'm just staying away from Arizona State right now. It felt like maybe a little bit too much love uh, for the Sun Devils. But I think legitimately four teams can win this conference. Uh, USC probably, USC and Oregon probably the two most talented teams. Um, but Washington for me was twofold why I ultimately got a ticket on them at six to one. You know, you look around town, you know, plus 350 was probably the average price on on Washington. So when I saw six to one, I, that's what really intrigued me and, and piqued my interest. And I just look at the schedule, guys, because for me, I just want to get into the Pac-12 championship game. And then we could figure out what to do. Okay, so let's look at Washington's schedule. Who do they get at home? Well, first off, there's nine games in the conference. They have five at home advantage to Washington. Their toughest competition is Oregon. They get Oregon at home. Uh, They also get Arizona State at home. Uh, They don't play Utah. They don't play USC. Utah uh, gets an opportunity to host Oregon. So Oregon, who does have questions at quarterback and Anthony Brown, what does he expect? What is he going to bring? Not to say that, you know, what uh, what Washington has in Dylan Morris is, you know, a world beater by any stretch of the imagination. But um, I, I just I, I like what they're bringing back. Uh, I know they lost, you know, try on there uh, off the edge. But I, I think what they're bringing back on offense, there'll be a stout offensive line like they normally are. I think they have questions at playmaker, but a lot of teams in, in this conference have questions at playmaker. So they avoid USC, they avoid uh, Utah, and then they get Arizona State and uh, Oregon at home. So uh, that's why for me at six to one, I, I had to go ahead and play Washington. If you could find it over eight and a half, I would go ahead and play that too, because I think there's a strong likelihood Washington goes into the big house in week two and gets a win over Michigan. Short dog, about two point dog. Wouldn't be surprised if they win that game. And if they win that game, 
you're sitting pretty with an over eight and a half ticket. Some places are at nine, but I did see some eight and a halfs not too long ago on Washington. So if you could find an eight and a half, I would scoop that up just because I think the schedule really makes up. Well, you look at the four teams they play uh, on the road this year. Uh, they play Oregon state, they play Stanford, they play uh, Colorado and Arizona. Arizona is by far and away the worst team in the conference. Uh, Oregon State's probably the worst team in the Pac-12 North. Uh, Stanford's over/under on wins is four, even though uh, I'll believe it when I see it with David Shaw and company there. So I just think the schedule really shapes up well. Colorado expected to be one of the worst teams on the Pac-12 South. I think I saw today. I don't know who put it out, but uh, they rate they ranked the easiest Power Five schedules. And Washington was number one. Perfect segue then, Tim. What I'll do is, so the top first top 25 poll just came out. If I gave you $100 and it was Bama, Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State versus the field, who are you taking? Because you said Bama, you're a Oklahoma. Daniels fan. So maybe your Georgia pick will sneak in there. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny. Sean King, who's my, my co-host, said he wants – now, he's going to get some good odds, and we're going to discuss it on the show. Uh, we're going to have Chris Andrews on from the South Point. But uh, I got the top five. He got the rest of the country, and he said he feels like someone's sneaking in there. I just don't know who. But you're giving me the top three. Um, I do think there's a chance Georgia can win. Um, you've seen their odds shrink a little bit. Um I, I would have to probably take it was what'd you give me Alabama, Oklahoma, and Clemson or Ohio, Ohio State? Yeah, and Ohio State, top Ohio four. State. Yeah, of the five, I'm probably the lowest on Ohio State of that top five. But um, yeah, I probably have to take uh, the big boys and 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 roll the dice against Georgia. I do think Georgia's got the talent. Uh, the questions at playmaker uh, will be uh, will be you know seen quickly against Clemson, um, but. I think Oklahoma's got an opportunity. Uh, I played Oklahoma at eight to one to win the championship. Um, I, I think they've got just a host of talent. Um, everything you hear, this is the best defense that they've had maybe ever uh, in the Lincoln Riley era. Uh, so I think um, at eight to one, I had to play it. Anything shorter than that probably didn't really entice me, but you know, it's all based on the odds and what you're getting, right? I mean, you guys talk about it all the time. At 8-1, to one, I thought it was worth a play for Oklahoma. Uh, just I, I think they are within that upper echelon. Now, could I be proven wrong? Absolutely. Last two times they've gone to the college football playoff, they got smoked by LSU, and the score uh, wasn't indicative of how badly they got beaten by Alabama uh, just a couple of years ago. So uh, that all being said, I, I love their quarterback. And Spencer Rattler, I think he's figured things out. He started to see that at the end of the year last year. I know there's Iowa State looming, um, but uh, I think Oklahoma at eight to one. If you could find that, I found it at BetMGM. Uh, I think that is is worthy of a, of a little play. Uh, but you know, the futures market in, in college football is just it, it it's really not even worth it at times. You know, I joked last year I got value in Alabama at five to one. I mean, five to one in September on a national champion is terrible value, but it's Alabama and you're never going to get that number again. So um, yeah, that, that's kind of where we are in the college football landscape right now. You know, I'm going to dive in. You, you put on Twitter a little bit ago and I saw it, uh, the Iowa state Iowa game. And I think the line jumped and you kind of put it out that it was something like 2005, like, it was something crazy that you put out, like it hasn't happened. Um, 
how high are you on Iowa State? Because it just seems I love the coach, great quarterback, stud running back. But like last year, week one, I can't even remember who they played. They played a real smaller team. I think it was uh, Lafayette off the top of my head, and yep. they lost. So I, I and just what's your <laughs> overall thought with Iowa State, really quick, and even that like line that you put out on Twitter about the Iowa game. Can you just dive into that? Yeah, uh, so week two, um, Iowa State and Iowa play in the Cyhawk uh, rivalry, and it's in Ames, uh, and it's it's a great rivalry. Um, but you know, this is always very closely contested, um, and if Iowa State wins it, it's just by a, a hair. So you know, at the Westgate Superbook right now, Iowa is getting seven. I mean, at, at that price, you just have to take Iowa. Uh, and Iowa's a good team, guys. And I think you're going to see it week one uh, when they host Indiana. They're they're laying four and a half or five against Indiana. And I think they have a chance to win that game. And I think they have a chance to win the Big Ten West. I really do. Uh, I think it's between them and Wisconsin. I wouldn't be surprised if Iowa came out of the Big Ten West and played likely Ohio State uh, in, the, uh, in the Big Ten championship game. But I, I think right now, this Iowa State love is just getting a little overblown. Uh, they bring back a lot of talent, and 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 they deserve a ton of credit. Matt Campbell has done a phenomenal job, uh, but I'm pretty sure in their school's history, they've won, uh, you know, last year they won 10 games because of the bowl, but I don't think they've ever won 10 games in the regular season in, like, school history. Um, not to say they can't do it, um, but it's very possible. Um, but, you know, you go to Norman this year, um, you go to Manhattan, granted that's off a of buy. Um, but I, I think that Iowa game is going to be a really tricky spot for Iowa state, but, you know, to your point, Brock Purdy back, Reese Hall back, uh, Charlie Kolar, uh, is a, is an all American tight end. Um, you know, the athletic put up there, all Americans. And, uh, I think it was, uh, I can't remember who it was, but they had a linebacker. I think Mike Rose maybe, uh, was, uh, was an all American there. So, uh, they're talented, man. They're they're really talented. I, I just get a little bit skeptical. The contrarian in me, when everyone's in love with a particular team, I'm like, all right, let's pump the brakes. Let's uh, let's reel it in a little bit. And you know, when I look around conferences, you look at the SEC, you look at the uh, the Big Ten and the and the and the Big Twelve. You know, Alabama and Ohio State are bigger favorites to win their conference than. Uh, than Oklahoma, which is a little surprising, especially with Spencer Rattler coming back. So I do think Oklahoma wins it, uh, wins, uh, wins the conference this year. And, uh, you know, honestly, as a college football fan, I hopefully, I hope that November 20th, we've got undefeated teams. That would be unbelievable. Yeah, so Tim, the one question we ask everyone, especially when they come on is who do you have for the Heisman? Oh man. I mean, I know Spencer Rattler is the favorite. Um, I, I wouldn't, uh, you know, go against anyone who said, you know, they're going to play Spencer Rattler. I mean, the history shows that quarterbacks from Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley win a lot of highs with trophies. We've seen two of them. Um, but right now, I mean, I, I gotta go a little bit further down the board. Um, I, I think it's, you know, I'll, I'll say the intriguing one to me, probably not going to have enough wins. Uh, is Matt Corral out of Ole Miss. I, I think, you know, they've got an opportunity in that Labor Day night game against Louisville to put up some numbers, and they're by themselves. And, you know, people can, you know, say, whoa, you know, where did this come from? So he's probably, 
he might be the best quarterback in the SEC coming back, at least that we know of right now. I mean, Bryce, uh, Bryce Young could ultimately take that cake. But uh, I think, it, you know, 30 or 33 to 1, I think Matt Corral is an intriguing play. Um, you know, DJ Uyunglele could put up some gaudy numbers, um, you know, especially if they beat Georgia out of the gates. I mean, you're going to lose a pretty decent price on him if they win that game. So if you like Clemson, I'll say this. If you like Clemson, I think DJ Uyunglele could be a, worthy of a play uh, just because after that game against Georgia, it's pretty smooth sailing to the ACC championship. And if UNC is as good as we all anticipate them to be, uh, that's going to be a pretty high-profile game. So think about it. He could open the season with a win over Georgia and then go undefeated, put up ridiculous numbers, and then have a premier game on uh, championship Saturday to make his case again. So I think DJ Uyunglele uh, could be worth a look as well uh, if you are of the belief that Clemson will go out and win week one against Georgia. Good stuff, Tim. Uh, we know we got to get you out of here. Uh, you got bigger, better things to do for VEASAN. Why don't you give yourself <laughs> a little uh, plug and then we'll let you uh, zip out. Yeah, every weekday night, uh, if you're up late, 10 to 1 a.m. Eastern or 7 to 10 p.m. Pacific, myself, uh, Tulane, Green Wave, great 10th in the Heisman Trophy back in 98, Sean King running around there in the backfield down in New Orleans, uh, and then went on to the Buccaneers. He's my co-host, and uh, he, if you want good quarterback analysis, uh, there's no better person in the business. So uh, the two of us chop it up every night, three hours uh, on Beeson. Download the iHeart app, download the VEASAN app, uh, free audio uh, for, for all of your listening pleasure out there. I also want to just jump in here, too. If you have not, if you don't subscribe to VEASAN, first you should. Great stuff. I'm going to say <laughs> it right now. And again, you get to look at, you know, and watch Tim Murray and Sean King talk like <laughs> I do most nights at 10 o'clock. But also the 2021 College Football Betting Guide. If you get it. It's fantastic. Tim wrote a lot in that and spot on stuff. So Tim, you're doing great stuff, man. We appreciate the time. Yeah. Appreciate it guys. And uh, hopefully we can cash some tickets together. That'd be great. Thanks Tim, <laughs> man. Have a great night. See you guys. Yeah. Have a great you show. Man. Thank you very much. That guy's so smooth. I'll tell you what it's, it's, you know, I don't get, well, I get up early enough, but uh, the morning show with Polly and, um, Oh, I lost track of the guy, the other guy. Yeah, fan, just fantastic. Follow the money. Yeah. Um, the Nightcap with Tim is probably my favorite show because I'm up. I'm still doing some things. I put it on. I watch it like about every night. Just great information. They bring on great guests. And again, if you're subscribed, it's very reasonable for a year. Just unbelievable information. And then also, if you don't want to do that, but you can buy their betting guide. It is just of great information and um he keeps doing his thing man and we appreciate the time he's a good friend of the show and he's come on now it's his second time and um he's a great guy so we appreciate it yeah and for those people who don't gamble vsin is an excellent resource just for news in general i i think they get through games as well as any other sports network out there even without the gambling so uh it's definitely it's on sirius xm something's at&t sportsnet and some of the fox sports regional channels it's if, if you like sports, you'll love Vison. So before we dig into the ACC Coastal, if I gave you guys that same bet as him, the top four versus the field, who are you guys actually taking? 
So I think I would take the field this year because of the quarterback uncertainty and that I get what I get Georgia and I get Oklahoma, right? And I get Cincinnati. No, Oklahoma. Oklahoma is on the other side. Yeah, you get you get Bama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State versus the field. It's tough because you know what the one thing with Georgia, who's clearly the top dog, probably that next crew, is that they're gonna have to play either Clemson or Alabama twice. Yeah. And um that's gonna be tricky. I mean, they're they're, they're close stuff, you know, where you're basically running it twice like a poker hand, right? You're, it's 50-50 odds, and uh there's a good chance you're gonna lose one of those times. That's probably gonna ruin your season. So I probably would have to take the four big dogs if I was taking this side now that I, I know Oklahoma's on the the other side. Betty? Oh man, I don't know, Matt. Personally, I don't. I haven't really thought about it. I mean, I you know I like Georgia. Georgia's one of my teams. I, I I'm really high on Georgia this year. I think they get Clemson in week one. I think they can do it. I, that's hard because enough. I mean, again, I, I like personally if I had to jump on someone right now is Oklahoma. But you're saying it's on that. So because again, I think Oklahoma great quarterback. I think this is the best chance they have with defensively. They have a lot of guys coming back on defense. I think this is their best shot. I don't know. Tough, tough. Let me, let me think about that. I'll come back on Sunday and maybe ask. <laughs> Waffling. Yeah. I think it's kind of a no brainer. Uh, after the top four, other than Georgia, I mean, it's AM, Notre Dame, Iowa State, Carolina, Cincinnati, Florida, Oregon. That's just rattling off seven. I can't see any of them winning two games in the final four. I mean, I, I have to lean the four easy big boys. I don't even know what kind of a number you get, but there is a bet out there like that. So Yeah, I, I think I agree with you, Matt. I mean, again, I would take Georgia. I like Georgia, but, uh, you know, you, you know, you named a couple teams that are like Cincinnati. I think they're going to have a great year, but I don't see it. Like, I don't think they could win. Um, Iowa State, I think Tim said it extremely well. I I I said it, love the quarterback, love the running back, love the coach. But, man, like last year, they dropped that game, and you're like, what? They kind of just – sometimes that happens. And we're going to talk about some of these teams today in this conference that can sometimes lay an egg too. So that kind of kind of leads us into the ACC. So let's get after it, boys. All right. Here we go, a little ACC coastal action. Uh, for everybody out there listening, the ACC coastal is made of North Carolina, Miami, Georgia Tech, Pitt, Virginia Tech, Virginia, and Duke. So uh, we're going to work from the bottom up again. Let's start with what we're seeing as the bottom teams. We apologize to these schools, but, hey, somebody's <laughs> got to be there. Let's start with the Duke Blue Devils. Um, the Vegas total, over under three and a half wins. They have only 12 starters coming back. They do potentially have the best coach with uh, Cutcliffe, but they have a new OC. I think Mac Brown's probably the other top coach in this conference. I, I actually think they get over the three and a half by the skin of their teeth. I think they're going to sneak out four wins. Uh, nothing really flashy about the squad. Like I said, they're brand new OC coming in. I think they slow down from the more just – slinging all over the field with Cutcliffe. I think they're going to be a little more stable, try to cut back on turnovers. I think they win four games, but that is my max on these guys. Yeah, they, they probably will win four, but, I mean, three of them are cupcakes. You know, they start at yeah. Charlotte, they play AC, and A&T the second week, and then they have fourth week they have Kansas. So that's pretty much three wins, I think. 
Um, the Kansas game might be a coin flip at this point. Um, this would be an interesting year for them because they could start off, like I said, three and one, and it probably could just go all downhill from there. And this could be the end of the Cutcliffe era. Uh, this seems like things are going the wrong direction with this whole program. They lost 25 lettermen in a year where like no people are losing like four or five guys. Um, and this is not a program that can afford to lose that many lettermen. And a lot of these guys just went to go play at other places. So there's something in, internal that's not being handled very well. Um, you know, the defense pretty rough last year. You have 38 points a game. The offense is kind of in decline. Um, you know, this is going to be a team that it's like I said, that second half of the schedule when they get Wake, Pitt, Virginia Tech, Louisville, Miami, um, when those teams are all probably trying to get bull eligible, it's going to be a real rush season for Duke. Yeah, and we've talked about, you know, doing these shows, try to find the good number here. Because I'm looking at one, and I have Vegas is saying four. Maddie said three and a half. I'm looking at four. So we talked about that, I think, really with Washington on our last show. Try to find the best number here. They're favored in three. The key game to me is that the first week playing, they're at Charlotte. Right now I'm looking at their minus five. I think that's a key game because Jason hit on it, you know, North Carolina A&T. You got Kansas. You should have three wins there. So it depends on where you get it. I mean, if you can get the three and a half, I jump because I have them. I agree with Matt. I have them at four, but if you're at four, it's a push. So if you can get the three and a half and get the best number, man, take it, jump on it. I think they get four, but, and this could be like my pirate bet. It's going to be close and sweating out here. I think <laughs> I think it's going to be in that. And I'll tell you to the Duke fans, just get ready for basketball. Yeah. I think, uh, well, one point uh, well i don't know i guess it's a strength they do have the best special teams unit in the acc they also though if you flip that coin they have the worst quarterback play but if they can cut down on ints i think they had an int in like eight straight games last year it, it, I, I mean minimum one it, that that's just not going to get it done you're you're putting yourself way too far behind if they can squeeze out four that, i think that'd be a Impressive team, but I think Jason's right. I think this is about Cutcliffe's uh, era is about coming to win. He's been there. This will be his 14th year or so. Yeah, Matt, I have a stat down that this is in four years. This is four new quarterbacks. Yeah. And that's just not a good thing when you're switching quarterbacks every year and you have a new guy coming in. So, yeah, get ready for basketball season. You mentioned NIT or INTs, minus 19 in turnover, turnovers last year, minus 11 the year before, minus seven two years ago. This is the systemic problem this isn't just a one-year thing well then we can move right on and let's go to this <laughs> let's go to the six ranks ranked team in the coastal i might be different on this i have the virginia cavaliers here as the sixth best team vegas over under is actually six they have 14 returning starters in my opinion this is one of the easier bets to make I am really down on this team. I think they have a very hard schedule. I think that I have Virginia at four wins. I have them going four and eight. I think this is a bad year for Bronco Mendenhall, and I think some flags are going to go up. I I don't know if they can reload. Uh, Like like I said, the 14 returning starters in a typical year is good. That's actually down this year. That's one of the lower in in the whole ACC. I'm just not high on this spot. I'll let you guys dig in a little deeper, but I have these guys going four and eight and an easy under. Yeah, no, I think that actually sounds like a uh, good play as well. Um, I see you look at the schedule, they open with William and Mary. 
Uh, Illinois the second week. I think they're catching Illinois at a good time. And the run defense last year was pretty stout. Looks like they're going to return most of the defense. So should be able to handle Illinois. But after that, maybe at BYU in a kind of a grudge match game with uh, Mendenhall's, uh, you know, former coaching uh, employer. It it is a rough schedule at North Carolina, at Miami, at Louisville, at Pitt late. Uh, You got Notre Dame as well. It's you, you just don't see a lot of flash here. Um, it's probably going to be a really solid team because Mendenhall is a pretty good coach, but you know, there's just nothing that stands out from their units. Their unit, their two best units are probably their offensive line, and their defensive line. So I think points are going to be an issue. Um, and I just, you know, they're just going to have to out solid teams, probably not beat themselves to get over that six win number. Yeah. Vegas, what I have is six and a half. They're favored in six. Again, I think they start the season two and out. Armstrong's a really good uh, quarterback, good rusher, led the team, I believe, last year. Good transfer from Oklahoma State. Uh, Wood, the tight ends coming in. Running backs, good depth. Offensive line should be pretty good. Defensive line should be probably the strength of the defense. Secondary, that's the concern a little bit here. But they're favored in six. Vegas has them at six and a half. I think they can steal one more because I'm looking at a couple they're not favored in. They go out to BYU the uh, the 30th of October, and that's more or less a pick. Can they get that game? You know, again, the pit line's not crazy. Uh, you know, there's a couple of close ones they're favorite too. The Virginia Tech game, it's like a pick them too. Um, there's some close ones there. I'm a little higher. I think they'll be okay. I, I, I'm giving them seven wins. Wow. Interesting. Well, I, here's another thing I love. I love to look at the preseason teams. They only have two guys on the first three teams, I believe. And both are linebackers. I mean, uh, no, there's a uh, Billy Kemp, the wide receiver. Uh, I mean, if you can't get a couple more guys, some O-line, D-line in there, I, I think you're going to get pushed around. Might be a see how good of a coach Bronco really is to get them over six. I, I can't see that. To me, this is actually one of the easier bets and the teams we've talked about. Maybe I'm just uh, skewed here. Yeah, no, I think you look at the recruiting numbers next to these guys' names, and there's just there's no black ink if you use the Phil Still preview. It's a it's a pretty you know it's a developmental bunch. UVA is obviously going to build their program that way, but it seems like one of the build years. This is one of the good years. All right, we will jump up to the number five team, and I'm actually I'm chalking this up to myself. I'm going to put a potential powerhouse that everybody loves here in the five slot. I think this is a down year for the Virginia Tech Hokies. You have Justin Fuentes in a sixth year there. They have 15 returning starters over under Vegas total. I got at seven. Um, I think Mr. Fuentes in big, big trouble here. I think this is a proud program that has kind of hit in the skids and I think they're going to skid a little more. They're 27 year bowl streak. I think is in trouble. However, if everything plays out and we don't have many COVID issues, whatnot, I think they'll get to six wins, which will put them bowl eligible and their name alone will get them in. But I like this team to go under the seven win total this year. Yeah. I can't believe Justin Fuente is still here. It seems like that starts off every September with like him on the hot seat. And, uh, and then another program lost 20 guys over last year. Like I said, when you're seeing it, other programs lose four or five. Um, quarterback's a bit of an issue. They've got Braxton Burmeister. They lost Hooker. I think he transferred out. Um, 
The defense wasn't as sturdy as it usually is. They transitioned to a new defensive coordinator after, I think, like 80 years with Bud Foster running the wide tackle six. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. That first game against North Carolina, I think, is going to be huge for them because they get them at home Friday night. I, they got to push all in on that game. I think Fuente recognizes that. Like, that is basically going to set the narrative for the rest of the season for him, whether he's on the chopping block, whether they're going to give him more space to actually continue to build here. Um, doesn't look like the recruiting's all that great at this point. So, yeah, I, I look at the schedule. They have potential to catch Notre Dame in a good spot coming off the Cincinnati game. Um, and I think they have – trying to look, there's one other opponent where they're catching somebody coming off a, a, like a tougher opponent, and then they go to Blacksburg. I might be mistaken in that. But, yeah, I agree. I, I think this program is heading in the wrong direction. They don't have any studs on defense really coming back outside of Barno. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be tough for them to get to that seven number. I'm looking at seven and a half. So it just goes back again, man. If you can get seven, I mean, you know, if you can get seven and a half, really jump on it because I'm going to agree with the boys. And you had you heard Tim Murray earlier on the show say the same thing. I agree with everything. So more or less, Jason, you're saying game one, they should just play enter Sandman the entire game and just keep playing it over and over and over, trying to get the place going crazy, huh? Because Between that quarters would, and timeouts, whatever keep it takes. Playing it. I want it in a running loop the entire game. So I agree with what the boys said here. You know, they have two losing uh, seasons out of three with hit, you know, Jason uh, Fuentes coaching. Burmeister again, really, can he stay healthy? That's a question mark at quarterback, I think. Running back depth's not bad. You know, what I looked into, wide receiver, um, not they're not very deep. Uh, pretty good tight end. Um, overall depth there, is it there for this team? Like I said to Tim. The more I read and looked at this team, I'm a little concerned with the depth. A couple injuries go, things could go, I think, sour quick. Defense gave up 32 points per game last year. I think UNC goes in. I agree with Jason. I think this is all in. Chips have to be in the center of the table here. Chips all in. Let's roll it here. Um, Friday night game, get that place. Play in or Sandman as much as you have to. I'm going six wins. I mean, seven wins. I mean, they're favored in seven. I don't know. I think it's six. If you can get the under, it's seven and a half pounds on it. I, I don't think they get there. I agree. Do you remember when Beamer ball was awesome to watch? I mean, special teams could immediately flip a script. It used to be so cool to watch them, especially you knew a block punt was coming every other game, basically. That, that doesn't exist. And Smitty, looking at these numbers, so you actually hit their receiving unit is really good, but the tight end, they have one wide receiver coming back. Uh, his name is, uh, I lost it here. Robinson. Billy Kemp or no, no, I'm sorry. That's not even the right team. Uh, I can't find it now. I'm a mess. Anyway, but yeah, their, <laughs> their, their wide receiving core checks out. And then when I dug in a little bit here real quick, actually shows their D line and linebackers, and the DBs all rate in the upper quadrant, the top four here. So maybe we're missing something. I personally don't see it. I'm with you guys. I think this is an underplay. I mean, they right, haven't score enough points to cover for the defense if the defense can find itself. Like you said, they, they aren't talented, but they, they didn't play to that level last year. But they went through a ton of COVID stuff last year as well. They were kind of really coy about who was going to be in the lineup and who wasn't going to be in the lineup last year. That might all go away. So maybe they'll get that 
you know, build that chemistry and, and we'll get to see these guys. I mean, they have some decent recruiting numbers next to their names. The secondary doesn't, but they've kind of lived that way. Um, they find guys who play man coverage and do that. But yeah, I, like I said, I'm not sold on Fuente. I, I think this program's going the wrong direction. I think there will be a change here by the end of the year. Sweet. Let's go to the, well, let's go to Matt's number four team. Uh, what I'm looking at doesn't have these guys as the number four team, but I think this is a surprise team coming out of the Coastal. And let's go with the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. I think the Ramblin' Wreck here, third year under Jeff Collins, has the arrow pointing in the right direction. They got their dual threat quarterback back. He should learn from last year. They do, however, have the hardest, third hardest schedule in the country this year. And if you look at it on paper, it might be the hardest if you just threw out Kennesaw State. The Vegas over-under is five. Now, I personally think that is the correct number at five, but I think this team is going to steal a game somewhere. I actually think they're going to get the six, and I think they're going to do a little shocker here. I think the Georgia Tech, Pitt, Virginia Tech are kind of all in the same bracket here of talent-wise, and I think with the dual-threat QB, uh, Jeff Sims, I think they can steal one of those games and get to six wins this year. I mean, I can see that. I agree with the program's going in the right direction. They're making that hard transition from uh, the spread option to more of a conventional offense. Um, the quarterback seems like he's capable. They kind of threw him to the Wolves last year. You know, he had a nice little win to start the season at Florida State, and then they kind of really struggled after that. Um, the lines should be decent. That always will keep you in games. We'll see how the back seven plays because, you know, they gave up 37 points a game last year. They can only improve on that. Um, the offense was okay, put up yardage, they didn't really put up points. And like you said, that stretch from September 18th to October 2nd, they play Clemson, North Carolina, Pitt, <laughs> and then Halloween through Thanksgiving. It's Batek at Miami, BC at Notre Dame, and Georgia. That's just rough. Uh, you know, they're they could shock somebody because they're gonna be so battle tested by that second stretch of the season. Um, or they're just gonna be completely banged up and just gonna write it off. It's gonna be one or the other. Um, it's another program that lost a lot of guys. It's kind of crazy to see them return 17 starters and then lose 20. Um, you don't see that too often. Uh, at this conference seems to be exceptional in that way. Uh, I, you know, I, I see, I see four easy wins or four wins. I think they'll get, and then I think they can get another one, but that's really all I see. I'm not as optimistic. I think their play will be much better than their record. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I, I think this program is really going in the right direction here. It's very hard. I mean, when you step away from the Paul Johnson system with the, you know, the triple option and you're trying to bring your own people in to do uh, a little bit something different here. Yeah, quarterback's good. Jeff Sims is a good quarterback, good talent, you know, good runner, didn't throw a ton of picks. Running backs are pretty deep. Defensively, you know, the more I read and looked into the numbers, they got to get to the quarterback more and get some more sacks on it. I think, you know, I try to mark down some key games, I think, where they're at. I think the pick game is a very key game for them to try to maybe get over the win total. I'm looking here. I have four and a half. They're favored in three. I like, I, again, I think the program's going in the right direction. I have them at four wins. So again, if you can get it at four, it'd be a push, four and a half, you would lose. So I'm going to look at the four and a half, and I think they'll get four. Yeah, two big guys for them are the defensive ends. Uh, they got Kevin Harris um, out of Alabama, I believe, to play at the end. Sack, only 21 sacks last year. It looks like they have more talent than that up front. Um, if they can get pressure, that can definitely get those defensive numbers in order, and that can 
definitely lean toward Matt saying with the better record. I think Matt's on to something here. I, I mean, I think this is a team to keep an eye on. I, I really, I watched a couple games last year of them and I thought they played extremely hard. I thought they yeah. really, you know, for a team that wasn't supposed to be good. I like, and I like that. I like teams that aren't supposed to be very good, but you can see how hard they're playing for their coach. I always think that's a program that's headed in the right direction. I think Georgia Tech's, they're heading there this year. Again, I think a little bit of a struggle, but I think things, and especially I, what I just said, and we said this on the last show, colleges have to get some of these guys a little bit of time, especially if you're completely changing from a philosophy of style play they had. So I hope they give this guy some time. I think they're going to be an okay team. I think, I think something you have to look for here is they, they get 10 guys back on defense. So Jason said they can't, they, they can't get any worse. And if they do, then that's a coaching problem. So with their experience coming back, they have to cut down on how many yards they give up and points per game they give up. And I think this is, they're kind of like Colorado in the, the Pac-12. I think this is a team that might not win, but I think this is a team that's going to cover a lot of games and push a lot of people and keep it close. Sure, you might get backdoored and really rip up some tickets, but I think this is a team to keep an eye on with the uh, ATSs here. They're, they're, solid in that aspect and if they can just if if sims can get out and run a little more too this year i know they don't want him to they, they, they want the pocket presence but let them run let them go i, I think this is going to be a sneaky team uh over the over under five though is tough i think that's the right number smitty like you said if you can get a four and a half man that's great yeah i mean for you yeah i mean again look for the best number i mean books are different i mean everybody with all these different books are you can get now and you can sign up for, I mean, find your best number. I mean, I think, was it, was it, I think it was Washington in the last show that we said we had some different things. And I looked at one of the books and I said, you can get the eight and a half. And again, Tim Murray brought that up and said, if you can get the eight and a half and pounce on it. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the number four or the number three team in the coastal A little hometown cooking here. Hail to it. Pat Narduzzi coach seventh year here. Vegas total over under is seven. Pitt has 14 returning starters. Um, I'm sort of biased since I live in this town and have now for close to 30 years. I can never really get on board with Pitt. I just can't. Their schedule this year is nice, though. It is not as tough as prior years, in my opinion. I think the number is spot on, but Mr. Narduzzi is known to cough some games away this would be a no play for me but i think if i had to play it and we talked in the shows and the prior shows even tonight prior that week three game against western michigan is the make or break game for this team if they somehow get upset at home man this could turn ugly fast going down the stretch they have virginia tech clemson miami duke carolina virginia syracuse now the last two games should even out but I can't see this team getting eight, but I also can't see them not winning six and going bowl eligible. Yeah, I, I, as a Penn Stater, am not a Pitt fan. Um, it is one of the more enjoyable things to watch in this city is watching the collective Panther Nation get their hopes completely overblown high and then having them crushed by usually someone in a uh, group of five conference, if not worse. Um, 
it, it's almost like a right of spring, like the leaves falling and, um, you know, pumpkin stuff and everything else. Um, it's an interesting schedule because you see it happening. Like it, it is funny how you can, if you watch, if you watch Pitt at all, you can see it happening. They're going to go to Tennessee and they're going to win that game. And Kenny Pickett's probably going to play out of his mind and he's probably going to get dinged up in the fourth quarter. And they're going to come home to Western Michigan, who we already covered with the Mac, who's a good, solid, you know, could win the west side of the Mac uh, and the better side of the Mac. And you can see them drop in that game. And then all of a sudden the air just coming completely out of the balloon, um, you know, and just kind of ruining everything. Now, if they can beat Western Michigan, you look at the schedule, there's no reason they can't be 6-0 going, playing Clemson at home, which would be insane. Um, you know, the Coastal is kind of known for its craziness. I think they've had seven different champions in the last seven years. Like every team's had a turn. And obviously UNC and Miami are probably head and shoulders above everyone. But if there was a team you were going to pick as the outlier who could win the Coastal, I, this would be the team I would pick, even though, I, like I said, I can't stand them. Um, the offense should be better. Uh, if you haven't seen Kenny pick a play, he's a gutsy guy. He's got an NFL quality arm. He's an NFL quality size. Um, he can't really stay healthy because they haven't protected him very well over his tenure there, but he's a good player and he's a scrappy player. Um, he sets a tone. The running back, Israel Abaconda, another guy you probably haven't heard of is actually pretty good. Um, it's funny. Pitt has actually had a tradition of decent offensive lines. This is probably their worst unit on their offense this year. They're pretty talented. Otherwise uh, defense lost a lot. They only returned six starters. Um, a lot of those guys are playing on NFL teams. That so was good. But the one thing I'll give Narduzzi credit, they played a ton of guys in the front seven of this defense. These guys have snaps. They have sacks. I mean, there's stats from last year for all of them. So that's probably not going to be a big of a drop off. Um, the one thing that they do that really kills them in games is they play very physical outside on the corner on the wide receivers. And sometimes they don't, the officials aren't with them and they, they draw a ton of PI. Um, that's one of the reasons why the defensive stats are decent because there's a ton of penalty yardage baked into there. Um, if they, they can get that under control, they bring the chaos. I mean, I think they've been tops in like havoc the last three years. Um, you know, there's definitely some potential here for this team to actually be good. I don't know if they can knock off Clemson, Miami. They could get North Carolina at home on a Thursday night. I think North Carolina plays Wake the week before. It's just a good spot for them to actually play because they will be playing at Duke. Um, you know, there could be a surprise here. They, with a little luck, they could go 10-2. and two. Um, They have enough talent there. It's probably, you know, a, a, a kind of a sleeper pick, but it's definitely there. But will they? Probably not. They'll probably find a way to blow it somehow. <laughs> <laughs> well said. I like that. I, You know, this isn't – I'm not a big – I mean, I'm everything's Pittsburgh. I mean, I like Steelers, Pirates. Uh, the Penguins are okay. I mean, Pitt, I don't sit here and go, oh, man, I'm going to lose sleep because Pitt lost. Now, my sister went there. My couple of buddies went there. So maybe they gave me $100 to say some nice things here about Pitt because I'm going to sound a little positive on Pitt here. Love the quarterback. He's a gamer, like Jason said, NFL guy, big arm. Lower the INTs a little bit, though. Good running. I like the running backs. Good depth. Wide receivers aren't bad. Got some guys. Defensive line, a little bit inexperienced. Like I think one of the boys said there, lost some people there. I like this team, though. They're favored in eight. Look at the schedule. Now, I agree with what Jason said here. I could, They're going to wax UMass. I think they can go into Tennessee and beat Tennessee. But wouldn't that be such a pit thing to do to come back and lose to Western Michigan? Yeah, it would. I mean, I, mean, pit thing. I mean, you can already see it. We might look like the smartest show here out there that saying that. But, man, they could beat them. 
Then they get New Hampshire. They could be 4-0. Then they go at Georgia Tech. Right now, minus three. Well, they can beat Georgia Tech. Could they lose? Yeah, they could. At Virginia Tech, well, they could beat Virginia Tech. I mean, there's a lot of what ifs here. Now, I agree. I don't know about Clemson. I don't know about Miami of Florida. But, you know, that's end of October with Miami coming up north here. Could it be a little cold in pick? Could it be a little, some rain, a little mix there? You don't know. It could be crazy there. Then they go to Duke. I'm starting to see some things here. I'm going to sound crazy here. And maybe some of the Pitt alumni people like my sister gave me a little bit of money to say something nice here. I have Pitt at nine wins. Hail to Pitt. Give me nine wins for the Panthers this year. I wish I could curse right now. <laughs> I would literally throw something at you. All right, here. So I love to do little hypotheticals. <laughs> I like stirring the pot here on the show. I like it. Please tell me some people from the 412 area code are listening. And it, this is absurdity right now. All right, Smitty, here we go. So say that family member gave you $100. <laughs> and they get Clemson at home, Miami at home, North Carolina at home. If I gave you plus 3,000 that they win one of those games or minus 1,000, they lose them all. Which way are you betting? I think they can get Miami. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, you're To me, here's the thing with Miami. Quarterback coming off a knee problem. I'm not sold on it. I don't like the head coach. I don't think he's a great head coach. I'm going to say it. Now, Q's dad, if he listens to this, I'm going to get a text, and he's probably not going to talk to me for a long time here now. But, no, just look at it again, Matt. And I'm not trying to – we're not getting a whole show here on Pitt. But UMass could be a win. One, Tennessee, Western Michigan, New Hampshire, four wins. They can get Georgia Tech. I'm saying they're going to. Five wins. Virginia Tech, we just said, I'm not high on Virginia Tech. Six wins. Okay, Clemson, I don't think so. Miami, let's say not even Miami. I'm at where am I at? I'm at six wins, right? Yep. Yeah. Duke, there's seven. North Carolina, I don't think they get. Can they get Virginia at home? Of course they can. There's eight. You guys weren't high on Virginia. I was somewhat high on Virginia. And then at Syracuse, well, they can beat Syracuse. There's nine. Here, here's my here's my uh, rebuttal to that. I actually think. So there's a Narduzzi suck game in here. Uh, oh, I, not listen, not to cut you off, and I, then you make your statement because I want to hear it. But I completely agree with you guys too. You guys both said it. They'll drop a game. They they always do. They might even drop two of those games. So go ahead. No, no, I'm not arguing your point. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. I actually think I hate to say it because I am not a fan of this team. I think they go to Tennessee and lose. I think the heat gets cranked up on Narduzzi, and I think they lay a stinker at home against Western Michigan and come out of the gate one and two, and there's big trouble then. Oh, no, I agree good. with that. that. That that'll put blood in the water. It'll be brutal. If, yeah, uh, they're one and two. I'll tell you what, we've done a lot of previews here on these conferences, and we've been like, man, that's going to be a week. We're going to be really talking because we talk, we talk about a hundred times anyway in these games, and we don't even have. But man, if Pitt gets off to like three, four, no, woohoo! I can't wait. I can't wait. For, I'll be making a side wager with you two knuckleheads on October. 3rd. <laughs> but 
I mean, I do like the fact that they get Miami on how basically Halloween. Miami will play NC State the week before. So, you know, you don't know what you're going to have with Miami. Um, they get North Carolina after they play Wake, which is a rivalry game, right? They get them on a Thursday, a short week. Like, it just, you know, it, there's things that set up there. Now, that Virginia game becomes a trap game because of the North Carolina game. Um, and Virginia will probably, Ben and Hall will have them kind of coached up by Ben. And then, you know, at Syracuse, who knows who will be coaching Syracuse at that point? That could be Babers could already be gone by then. So, you know, this, it, it looks like I, there's one of these teams that's going to usurp the other two. It's Pitt. Can we agree on that? Listen, I just circled it again. Nine <laughs> wins, Pitt. Love it. I'll tell you what, right now, I hope people listen. Maybe we could just get picked up by a Pittsburgh station since we oh. didn't have the show on Pitt there. We can talk pirate baseball, Steeler football, Pitt football, some penguin hockey. There we go. I think we're looking. Somebody buy us for our service, please. I think Heinz Field on. Uh whatever Halloween night that is or whatever against Miami, Florida is barely at half capacity. Those kids are going to be out partying. They don't care about pit football. I agree with you. I agree with you on that. I don't think they party at pit. So I think they'll be there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on. We could go on. Let's go to the number two team. One of the more powerhouse teams that the uh, pollsters have this year. And that's the Miami hurricanes, Manny Diaz third year. They have 19 returning starters. Vegas over under nine and a half wins. I like Miami this year. The Deer King is the key, but I actually do not like Miami enough to give them over nine and a half. I only played devil advocate against you guys because I agree with you. They can, they can lose the pit on that game. I don't think Miami gets over nine and a half. In fact, I have Miami at eight and four this year. I think they're going to stumble. I'm not. I'm with Tim Murray. I am not a Manny Diaz fan. Maybe I'm the dolt for saying that. They're definitely top three on this side of the uh, conference in the Coastal, but I can't see them getting over nine and a half. I'll let you guys roll. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because the defense played pretty well last year with the exception of the last couple games, and they still got rid of the D.C., and now Manny Diaz is the D.C., and frankly, that's probably what he really should be um, as opposed to a head coach. Um, you know, the schedule just doesn't set up great for them. Um, the open with Alabama, you know, both teams are kind of reloading a little bit for that game. You know, Miami has the advantage with Derek King. We don't know what condition he'll be in at that point. Um, Alabama just has too much, I think, to kind of to get over that. And then you go next week intrigues me just as much. Appalachian State, that just seems like a perfect letdown spot after playing Alabama, like coming into that game beat up. Um, for a team that didn't stop the run really great last year, Appy State's going to run right down their throats. And I found Duke's quarterback for this year. He's playing at Appalachian State. So, uh, it's, it, like I said, I, I think I see that game. I would like Appy State with the points. That's a, that's probably a little pizza money on the money line there. I think they'll get right against Sparty. And then Central Connecticut, I didn't realize I actually played football. I thought that was a basketball school that uh, I usually bet on. Um, you know, the rest of it, you know, they get NC State at home. They get Georgia Tech at home. But, you know, they go to Florida State, they go to Pitt, they go to North Carolina. That's rough. Um, so I definitely like the under nine. It's a good football program. Um, the recruiting's picked up. I, I just don't understand the defensive coordinator switch to Diaz. Bob put more on his plate unless his job's kind of at stake. That's the only reason I would see why he can do that. Um, you know, the offensive coordinator really stood out last year. He fixed that offense, and they were pretty potent for most of the year. 
Um, so he's got to be, he'll have them in good shape because that probably will be his job, uh, at least in an interim basis at some point if things don't go well here. Um, yeah, I, I like him under nine. I see him slipping a little bit just because they lost too much to the NFL. They're kind of not in a position yet to be the kind of reload each year like Alabama is. Yeah, I, mean, I like that. I just want to say, hey, great, great pull on Miami versus App State week two. I actually had that circled, highlighted. I can't wait to actually see what that line comes out as because I'm probably going to punch a ticket on Appy State. Just a great spot. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you guys. I, I had it down in my notebook, too. I mean, Jason said it well there. I think that's a major letdown spot. And they're good. Happy State's good. Just ask Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> that was a long time ago. But, I mean, they're good. They're good. And, you know, I, I, I like King a lot. I think the quarterback, I think he's a star. He's a college star. Hopefully he's healthy because, you know, you want to watch great kids be able to play at full capacity and being able to do things right. And I hope, I hope he's healthy and I hope he puts on a show, you know, running backs. Okay. They get a good transfer from Oklahoma. I think Rambo wide receiver. That's pretty good. But Jason, I think said they did lose. They lost some guys to the NFL and defense. I'm just not a, I'm not a Manny Diaz fan. I, I just haven't been, I, I haven't been eight wins. I, I think it, it's like we said off air, with this side of the, the conference, we said there's so many of these teams that can lay an egg. And you're going to have – it's going to be a head scratch. And you go, man, how'd they lose to this team? And I think this is just one of those teams that I think one of these, one of these games – you know, I'm looking – I'll tell you, and Tim Murray said it, you know, NC State. I think he said Kenny White. I think it was Kenny White he said is very high on them. I, I kind of – I mean, NC State's not a bad team. Could they get, I mean, it's in Miami, but could they get them there? I, that's a game that could happen. I, you know, I just said about Pitt. Um, you know, I have down two also at Florida State. You know, that's a big year for Florida State, and we'll tackle them in um, on Sunday here. But, you know, can they get it right this year? And that's at Florida State. I mean, could they steal that one? I think there's some games there that the other team can steal on Miami. So give me eight wins on Miami. Agreed. Hey, Smitty, great call. Um, we actually, as college football fans, we need that Miami-Florida State rivalry back. It, make, it makes the sport better. I actually don't know if Florida State, with their brand-new coach, can compete with them yet, but I think that's another team that's going to be up and coming. Let's go to the number one squad in the Coastal, the North Carolina Tar Heels. Mac Brown is 13th year I believe in Chapel Hill, 18 returning starters. Vegas over under total is 10 games. I actually think now Tim Murray, again, earlier, our guest from Beeson earlier, brought it up. Hey, this team lost a lot. They lost two running backs. They lost a wide receiver. They lost some really, really good talent to the NFL. However, they probably have the best quarterback in the whole conference, along with the Ulele kid from Clemson. But it's Sam Howell. He's going to drive this bus. He's going to drive it well. The problem for me is if you're looking at this bet, I think you have to find a nine and a half number to bet the over. I can't do over 10. I actually think this squad this year gets double digit wins, but goes 10 and two and gives Clemson all they can handle in the title game. 
Yeah, they did lose a lot. Um, and they lost some good guys, too. Guys who are going to be starters in the NFL. Um, so they're going to be a little less dynamic on offense. But, you know, if you're looking to rebuild an offense, you start with a good offensive line and a good quarterback, and they have both. So, you know, the offense won't put up 537 yards a game like they did last year, which is insane. Um, but it's still going to probably be in the mid 400s. So they're going to put up some points. You know, the defense needs to play better. They got 400 yards a game last year. Um, there was too much talent, really, for them to be that bad on defense. Now, granted, the schedule was a little difficult, but it wasn't that difficult. Um, so they're going to need to play better. Um, they have the guys to do it. The back seven should be decent. They lost a rot to the NFL, but, you know, they should be good there. The, up front, they have big guys, and they addressed it, you know, with some junior college guys. We'll, we'll see. They just need to, like I said, they need to play better. They have the, the horses to do it. Um, schedule, at Virginia Tech, we talked about that could be a bit of a trap game, but mm, probably won't be, you know. Georgia State, Virginia, at Virginia Tech, Duke to open. So they're looking at basically – and Florida State. They're looking at 6-0 uh, going into Miami. That's going to be a huge game October 16th. Tim touched on that, um, going to Miami to play them. Um, it gets a little tougher after that. They have the bye week, and then they go to Notre Dame. You know, they should be able to beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Now, the cold weather, we'll see what the factor is there. But then at Pitt, which I think is a bit of a trap game on the 11th, and then Wofford, and then NC State could be a pretty big game. I could, you know, if they stub their toe against Miami early, they're going to need to win that to get into the play or get into the ACC championship. Um, it's a really talented team. Mac Brown's done a good job of getting this right in a hurry, um, and he's bringing in more and more guys. 14 very highly talented guys in the recruiting class, which is pretty darn good. And Hugh's not here, but he talked about how North Carolina has become a really quality high school football state. And uh, if they can go in their own backyard and build a, a program, I mean, he did it once before there and really just couldn't get past Florida State when Florida State was basically a low-level NFL team. Um, yeah, it's going to be a really good team. Like I said, there's potential to slip up at Notre Dame just because whenever you play in Notre Dame in October at Notre Dame, you have a chance to lose, especially when they're the underdog. Um, like I said, I think Pitt's a bit of a trap game, and NC State is a rivalry, and that'll be rough uh, Thanksgiving weekend. But um, they should come out of the side of the ACC and it's a good, it's a good team. It's, you know, it's not a playoff quality team, but it's right underneath it. Yeah, this is a good team. I think Matt said it well at the very beginning when he said, if you, if you're getting it at 10, I don't know. I'm looking at nine and a half. I have them at 10 wins. They're favored in 11 guys hit on it already. Great quarterback, best quarterback in um, maybe in the conference here. You know, good running back, Ty Chandler, Tennessee transfer, had good numbers at Tennessee coming in. You know, offensive line, Jason said, very good. I mean, you have that star quarterback, you have a good offense line, good things can happen. That's a, just a good match there. Defensive line should be okay. But also, like the boys said here, defense has to pick it up. They just gave way too many yards, points up. With this offense, they're going to score, score, score. And I agree with Tim earlier on the show. I think they're going to go into Virginia Tech, that game, and just lay some points on. That That might be one that I look at as a team points for the game and take the over there with them. I like this team. I think they get 10 wins on this. I think they win this side. And like Matt said, I think they compete in the championship game very well against Clemson. All right, I'm going to, I'm going to throw out two, two more little points here. So. Um... They are a much better team at home when you're looking at against the spreads than they are on the road, which is typically the action, but it might be a stay away. Just be like, look, Hey, okay. On the, on the road, let's not get too crazy here and maybe stay away from them. Look more home dog, her home faves here. 
And also, Smitty, you killed it with the running backs. They actually reloaded their running backs really well. The transfer from Tennessee. The other kid actually played the bowl game because Carter and Williams didn't. British Brooks, who's actually got decent numbers. And I'm going to throw this out. Their right guard is 6'7", 335. Their right tackle is 6'7", 340. Those kids are going to kill some people on the right side. If I mean, if Hal has a running game like he did last year, and then they have all this experience, I think they get the 10 wins. Problem is going over the 10 is the, the, the toughie here. Yeah, that's a good point, though, with the Virginia Tech game. Last year they played 56-45 was a score on that one. So, um, you know, defense might be unsettled for UNC, might not be very good for Vitek. Could be a lot of points scored in that game. All right, boys, you got any more tidbits here on the Coastal Conference? No, I think we were right on, spot on again. Great information, great information. Yeah, we'll wrap it up. We'll uh, keep this right on our time frame. I just want to give one shout out again. I'm going to yes, I said the last show, Joe Butera Designs. Again, if you need a logo, you need a design for a podcast, your company, he is the guy to look for. We're going to keep plugging him because he did an unbelievable job on our new logo for notebook wagering. So Joe Butera Designs. Check him out on Instagram. Awesome. Keep us on your radar, everybody. It's at Notebook Wagering. Give us a little bit of looks on Twitter here. It's uh, at Smitty Bucks, at JCAM34. That's J-K-A-M. And then I am if you follow Matt. And we also have Q Mills, who's not here tonight, at Notebook Wagering. Hey, we try to give you guys as much information as possible. Winners. Hey, there's going to be some losers, too, but let's not dwell on that. Bang your bookies, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.